This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. Delving into current events. To uncover relevant wisdom. Uncover relevant wisdom. This is the Charlie Harari Show. With Charlie Harari. On the Blaze Radio Network. We live in a culture with an intense relationship to food. Everywhere you look is food. Everywhere you go is food. You can't have a meeting without food. You can't watch a game without food. You can't have a crisis or a celebration without food. No wonder that more than a third of U.S. adults are obese. Even though the conditions of obesity is heart disease, stroke, diabetes, uh, these are causes of preventable death. We seem to not care because we are so obsessed with how we eat. Our next guest, Elisa Beer is a nutritionist. She is a dietitian. And we have a very frank conversation about why is it that we are so obsessed with food and what can we do to change it? What can we do to make sure that ourselves and our children are not affected by this intense dependency on a substance that could be hurting us more than helping us? Check it out. This is the Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari on the Blaze Radio Network. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. You're listening to The Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari on the Blaze Radio Network. Charlie Harari, and we've got an amazing guest here today. You know, I personally think that one of the issues that we are grappling with as a nation, to be totally honest, 
is obesity. I mean, I think the way we treat food, if you want to ask me personally, is the way they treated like cigarettes like a generation ago. And we're going to wake up one morning and go, holy cow, we have been digesting so much garbage into our system for so long. And we thought in the unlocking greatness world, what could be better than to bring in an expert on this topic? And our expert in the, in the studio right now is Elisa Beer. Elisa is a registered dietitian. She's got a master's in nutrition. And more importantly, Elisa Beer has her own sushi roll. You can go to the supermarkets and I, my wife buys me, no joke, the Elisa Beer roll. Elisa, thank you so much for joining us in the studio. Thank you so much for having me. It is, it is so great to have you on. And I think this is such an important topic that people need to really take a stop, take a step and, and figure out what they eat, health, all that stuff. How did you get into being a dietitian, being a nutritionist? Okay. I was originally pre-med. I thought I would be a doctor my whole life since I was a little girl. And your parents are Jewish. So that and would work out perfect. Jewish. And, um, in college, I decided, that I wanted to have a family and I don't want, I wanted to be there for my family and I switched gears, but I knew it had to be health related. I love science. I'm a science geek and I love everything about health. So I kind of switched to nutrition. My mother raised us really, really healthy, which was not the norm. It was, she was kind of um, an anomaly yeah, for sure. at the time. She was always interested in nutrition and reading up about it. And, um, you know, I always had the love for it. So I switched to that. I grew up in a world, just to show our differences, I grew up in a world where I thought that the the more fat you eat, the healthier you are. I mean, my grandpa lived 120, God bless him. They literally, like for dinner, we would have like garlic bread filled with meatballs. And the more we can fill ourselves as the healthier we were. Right. That, that's right. the world that I lived in. Right. That's mine, Kent. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Eat, eat, eat. Yeah. That's, that's the world that we right. live in. So you jumped onto the scene and you, you got, you got into this. You started to learn about it. And then you said to yourself, why don't I teach it to others and help others? And you opened up a practice in which you are seeing people daily. I yes, mean, daily. And I have a lot of people that I work with that I've never met. We do it over the phone and email. About 25 to 30% of my practice, I have never met them. And they're just as successful as those that come to see me in the office. It's amazing. So so talk to me for a second about, I mean, someone comes into your office and right away, I mean, what do you think is underlying this global issue, right? This is an issue that I don't think is one community. I don't think this is one family. I think this is sort of a national I don't know if it's global. It's for sure national issue right. that we, at least in the United States and mm -hmm. the Western world, is are dealing with, which is eating wrong. So, Correct. what do you think when someone sits in, in your office, like, and you size them up right away? And you're, what's that underlying, you know, problem that's driving people to 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 have this issue? I think there are several problems. One of them is that we're just bombarded with sugar. That's the real poison in our lives and our food. And people are constantly looking for treats and to treat themselves and sweets. And they're looking down the wrong aisles in the supermarket and all the processed foods. And they just want to, you know, kind of comfort themselves and give themselves treats here and there. And it's all, it's all garbage. It's all, you know, that's not the way your body need, needs other things to run on, not, uh, not the processed sugar. So that's one, the portions are too large. I mean, as, as, uh, over the years, the size of the bagels have grown, the size of pizza has grown. I mean, the portions are huge. So people have become accustomed to that and just not like depriving themselves at all. If they want, if they want it, they'll eat it. 
Yeah, it's such, a, it's such a great point because these are such underlying issues that we have to grapple with, which is, I mean, you know, as a kid growing up, you're, we're always habituated around the things we had as little kids, right? Our minds are, you know, they're, they're, they're plastic. You, you buy into something as a little kid, you get them as you get older. And even like, you know, I've got little kids at home and like, even the way we are told and taught to raise our children is they're like little puppies. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're good, you get a treat. And if you do this, you get a treat. And like the only thing I can think about to motivate children, you go to the doctor, you get a lollipop, you go to the haircut, you get a lollipop, you're being good. You get a snack. I can't even envision what else I can give my children except for like toys. But is we don't have any really other way that our society has sort of conditioned us that I can right. think off the top of my head that we train people to deserve reward outside sugar. Exactly. No, we derive comfort and pleasure from food. As you said, the haircut, the doctor, if you, if the kid falls here, have a cookie, you'll feel better. <laughs> so, and so we've, we've conditioned our children, our, and it's, you know, gone on from generation and it's got, it's grown, it's snowballed. Right, right, right. And that's, I think you're building a paradigm for us. And, right. you know, young parents that are listening, you got to sort of stop, stop what you're doing, pull over and take notes because you're building a paradigm. Number one is that the content is always sugar. That's right. what it is. It's right. like, here's something else that for one minute is going to make you happy and you'll just get more and more of it. And then like what you said, secondly, I think is important to, to jump into, which is, I guess it used to be, I don't remember this. I guess it used to be that people had normal portions and right. now everything is like, do you want to supersize that? Do you right. want to, for 10 cents more, we'll give you the jumbo jumbo. I can't get a Slurpee unless I've get for 10 cents. And then since we're all sort of into a deal, it's like, wait a second, it almost would be wrong for me not to get 18 sizes bigger because it's a nickel. That's right. So I am hurting my own financial pocketbook (laughs) by not consuming more garbage because it's economically in my best interest. Exactly. And the, but the portion sizes have grown in restaurants and in everywhere. They've just grown in size and we've become accustomed to that's the new norm. Yeah, unbelievable. And the last thing you said here, I think, is this idea of depriving, which is that, you know, I I remember like my grandparents telling me a little bit about how they would, you know, they would, when we would say, well, we were hungry, they would be like, um, I don't think you were hungry. Like, I think you just haven't eaten in five minutes. We in Auschwitz were hungry. Right. And I, I think we're living at a time where the concept of depriving ourselves of Anything is so foreign to us because we have no capacity to deal with lack. Right. Exactly. No, you're right. We, we, we have everything. I mean, we're, we have cell phones. Every kid, every person, no matter what their financial status has a cell phone has, and we're not used to depriving ourselves of anything. We have an abundance of food and everything. And that abundance is just taken over. Now, what are you seeing in terms of in your practice with regards to the impact that it's having on people, their inability to control themselves? And I'm sure you, I'm sure there's a ton of people that come, I know many that go and, and I'm sure there's a range. I'm mm-hmm. sure there are some people that go and say, listen, I'm not eating great. I want to just get my life in shape. And I'm sure the right. people that you see that are saying, you know what? I'm, I'm in, I'm at a point of, of where it's hurting me. It's hurting my family. It's hurting my body. What are you seeing that the impact is having on people health wise? Terrible. I mean, diabetes, cholesterol, heart disease, cancer. It's all, you know, especially the diabetes. I see a lot of that. A lot of childhood obesity is, um, 
and it just all it affects all the other organs in the body. Like everything gets out of whack if if you're, a person's overweight, if the blood sugar is elevated, um, all the medications that they have to be put on for the the high blood pressure, the cholesterol, the um, blood sugar, and it all has side effects. Right, right. That, that's in a, right. You're you're eating and not depriving yourself only right. to put yourself on medication later. Exactly. On. You wrote an article here that I wanted to sort of go through a little bit. Um, you've got a couple of great stuff out there. Um, and, I, and I think it's important to us to talk about it because I think people need to sort of get it. 17% of American kids ages 2 to 19 are obese. How, right. What percentage do you think is naturally not based on culture or, um, or, or nurture? It's just naturally people are obese. What percentage of that is I can't control it? And what percentage of the 17% is just bad diet, bad decisions? I mean, there are bad genes. There are people that have slower metabolisms than other. I think it's the bulk of it is the environment, is the culture, is the home, um, the friends, the peers. You know, that's the bulk of it. I think it's a small, probably a 5% or less is that it's bad genes. And when someone comes into your office, what are you telling them to do? What's how, how do you start? What's the first step? That so the some- first step, if I need to get them to eat normally, there are so many people that don't eat three meals a day and snacks that they're not eating all day long and they consume the bulk of their calories at night. So that's the number one mistake. I have them eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner, not to skip breakfast. So many kids go off to school without breakfast. So that's a biggie. Um, the snacks that they're eating, especially the kids during, you know, it's all junk. They're taking all junk. Mm -hmm. I have to get them into the fruits and the vegetables to eat clean, to eat natural, to try to move away from the processed foods, not to starve. It's not, um, it's not a, um, like a, like a quackery kind of a diet. It's not that we'll eat asparagus today and yogurt tomorrow. You're eating three meals and snacks every day. But, um, but just to move more into more natural direction. It's interesting that you say that because I think that we live in a world and um, I think we've gotten to a place in a way like almost like a pendulum where you go from like, I'm going to binge and eat whatever I want and then I'm going to starve. Right. 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 Um, and I'm going to live my life in a place where I'm only going to eat asparagus for two days. Right. And it just it's just unhealthy and it goes back and forth and back and forth. And what you're saying here is that it's the processing, it's the packaging. If you would just get back to the norm and be right. much more specific in your normal routine, then you may not lose the 50 pounds in a week that we right. all want. Because that's, it's a, it's a psychology of like, and I, I'm sure you see it all the time. Like, I want to eat what I want. I also want to lose what I want. Right. Like, I don't want to just, you know, I want right. to, if I'm ready to lose weight, then in a week from now, I should be like three sizes smaller. So therefore we get into this space. What impact do you think that has on people of just binging on both sides of the fence, eating and dieting? Right. It's very hard on the body. It's not good. It kills your metabolism by doing that, by binging and starving and binging and starving. You're slowing, you end up slowing down your metabolism, but it's, it's not, it's not the, you want to kind of live in a normal medium. You want to have your meals. You want to sometimes treat yourself because it's not normal never to treat yourself. And maybe that's why people are very successful with me. I try to make it as realistic as possible. You need to be able to go out to a restaurant. You can't, you know, make all your food every day. You have to be able to go out and live a little bit, but just in moderation. Yeah, I I completely agree. And I think that's the hardest part of it all. And I think that 
you know, I once, I remember I was talking to somebody who was in this, who was also a nutritionist and she was telling me years ago that, um, everybody comes into her and wants the latest fad. And the hardest thing she has is the return to normalcy that no one wants to hear normalcy. Like if you would say to me right now, the way you lose weight is you eat greens on Wednesdays and reds on Tuesdays. Like, forget about it. I would be like, this is, it'll go viral. Right. But what you're saying to me is be normal. I was like, right. be normal. Like, that's not going to be fun. Like, who wants to be normal? Then like, I got to then just what? Like, I don't know, eat three meals a day and not have bad food. And I think that the hardest part is that we're just so scared of the time that it takes for us to get to a normal life that we just need everything to happen so quickly and so quickly and so quickly. And that's what, on the like you're saying, ultimately hurts us. Right. Another thing is people constantly tell me, grown adults, I need, I need something crunchy. I need some, you don't need it. You've just gotten into a bad habit of having it that's every great. day. But uh, that's, you know, something I hear a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I need it because, because my brain is used to it. My brain is used to whenever, I mean, I, 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 I mean, if I have a whole history of this stuff. We can talk forever about how, um, I try to use food to get me to do things. Um, and over the course of my life, like in law school, I would like just binge in the library and it got to a place where I couldn't study unless I was eating mm-hmm. because I would just sit right. and study eating and to, 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 to get rid of that is a, is a whole thing. You had an idea that some of the things you have here in your article, I think is so important to sort of talk through. And I want to ask you a couple of questions about, Foods and what people say, because, you know, one thing that you said here, which is uh, I thought really important is the idea of plating food. Right. Right. That's how I was raised, by the way, which is not how I really raised my kids so so much. And most people today do not. They Right. You put a platters on the table yeah. with the chicken with this. My my mother plated our food. We got plated our salad, plated our piece of chicken. Nobody ever thought of asking for another piece of chicken. You ate your plate and you left. And you were full. And you're done. Because you don't need more. That's right. Because you're not really, your, your body's not full. Your brain is just saying, hmm, there's 17 pieces of chicken. Do I want one more? Fine, I'm bored. Right. Like when you go to a normal house, 99% of the households that you go to, they make the food, they line it up towards the middle, and then everybody takes what they want. Exactly. And that you're saying is the problem because you're just taking as much as you want. Right. When you see it, you just, you know, they've done studies. If there are cookies in a, in a see-through, in a clear glass cookie jar on the counter, you will eat much more of it than if it's an opaque jar. Or you'll eat much more if it's put away in a cabinet. When you see it's that visual, you know, when you see it, you think, oh, you might need it or maybe I'm a little hungry still. So you would, so the first bit of advice that you would give somebody in terms of how to totally start to change their lives and get underneath this, 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 I would call it a, honestly, I would call it a disease. I don't think it's a, a disease like you would call something that was given to somebody or, um, but I think it is, I think it's a mental, emotional, you know, malady of some sort that we're also struggling with, which is you plate your food, you go inside, you get, you get what you need. And by right. the way, I think even if it's more than you th- need, it's probably less than you're eating if it's on the table. Right. You, Cause there's only so much. It's like when you have like, you ever go to like those smorgasbords or whatever, like, or like these PASOC programs and like you have to get up off your plate, even if you fill that to the max. It's right. still less than you'd yes. be eating if it was in front of you. Right. Absolutely. And they've done studies. If you, if, when someone eats on a smaller dinner plate, they eat less food. Right. They don't need more. Right. Yeah. And the second thing you have here, which I thought was really great here, is you suggest that when you go out to eat, chances are your restaurant portions are bigger than you need. So what you do here, if I'm reading this correct, is you ask to take home half of it on, right. on the front end. Right. 
Not to even not to even tempt yourself to immediately give the server half of the food. And just say, can you package this right. for me? And I'll eat half of it. Right. And you'll be fine. And you'll be fine. Because that's the general rule of thumb is that the portions are too big and you should eat half of what they're serving you. Depends on the, the restaurant, but that's the general rule. Right. And then obviously the, buying the healthy snacks, I think is a great idea. Um, I had this fight with my family. So I was, you know, my, I, 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 I'm on a diet for years. I've been fighting this in my life, in my house. Uh, my, my, my family thinks I'm crazy. Um, I went vegan for two years, okay. which we'll talk about if I was right or wrong in a right. second. Um, but in our home and my wife is amazing. So she lets it all go and, you know, we're all, we're all for it. But I am working my hardest so that my children think mm. that, um, that, you know, a, um, a vegetable is a snack. Like I'm trying to teach my right. kids about oatmeal, but not the oatmeal you buy in the package, like oats. Right. And yesterday we spoke about chickpeas as a mm. potential. Um, and I think that for kids that are little, like they don't really know the difference. I mean, they just got, especially when they're very little, like right. if, if a kid can have baby formula, they can eat whatever they want. It's just a right. question of conditioning them to exactly. make sure that like what they're going for is things that are more healthy than not. A hundred percent. But it's hard. We're bombarded with all of these snacks. My oldest son, so he, I would send him with an apple every day to school. He, he was two years old until the teacher told me one day, she said, he's looking at the other kids and their snacks. You might want to give him some chips. I was horrified. I eventually started to give him sometimes a little bit. He's still my healthiest child because there was nothing in the house except for fruit. Once you get to the younger kids and there's already, you know, some snacks going on, they, they still, they start to eat differently. But when you train them when they're little, yes. they sort of get to it. Yeah. So if you can get your kids from the first few years of their right. lives to get normal with fruits and vegetables right. and healthier snacks, in all likelihood, they'll, they'll, they'll hang on to that yes. longer in life. Yeah. That's an amazing thing, by the way, because right. I got to tell you, sometimes when I'm in the uh, grocery stores, just scare me in general Mm -hmm. um, because they're just overwhelming for me. But sometimes I will watch a mom push a cart and it will be like, like on, I I couldn't believe like hot dogs and all that stuff and like entomins and like, and I'm thinking to myself, like, you're you're giving your kids no chance because who's going to ever eat an apple after the first seven years is like donuts. I just read a stat. I don't, I don't know where the stat was. There was like like 10 million donuts. It's like unbelievable right. just it's how crazy. much it is. But to the extent in which you can get to a level where your kids are getting snacks early, that's going to make a difference in their longer life. Right. You Let's talk for a minute, if you can, about carbs. Okay. So I went on a binge that carbs is the enemy mm-hmm. and that there's a lot of talk out there that the way your body works is it burns carbs slowly than it burns fat. So if you eat high fat diets and you eat high protein, high fat diets and you get rid of your carbs, you'll burn your fat a lot quicker and you'll be skinnier. What do you think about things like this? Do you promote this? Is this? I don't promote no carbs because I find it's unrealistic. Most people can't live without any carbs. You need some carbs. It's just not, you'll go for a certain amount of time, maybe X amount of years, but you're not going to live the rest of your life carb free. So I really promote Limited carbs, but only whole grain, no white flour, you know, whole wheat, spelt, uh, flax, oat, but stay away from the white. But of course, in a limited amount. That's better than the fat, though. Better, better to have higher fat, nuts. Um, we'll talk about meat, meat in a second. But better to have higher fat foods than to have higher carbs. See, when I grew right. up, the, the way of thinking was if it's zero fat, it's better for you. But right. I, I don't know if that's... 
Right. I'll put a little cream in my coffee instead of skim milk because you have all the sugar in the skim milk and you don't have it in the cream. Because mm-hmm. stay away from the carbs right. and the sugars I, versus stay I, away from the if fats. If I had to choose, people uh-huh. ask me, which. if you had to choose, stay away from the sugar versus the fat. Got it. So so if you have a – right, which is, by the way, not common knowledge. I think people look at that fat number and say, okay, fat's down. I'm okay. Right. Um, but if you had to choose between sugar and carbs versus fat, you go with – typically, you go with the fat. Right. Right, because that's that's healthier and a healthier, you know, a healthy fat. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, the nuts, avocado, you know, something like that. Now, your role, the Elisa Beer role, which is the popular role in my house, that is a lower carb role. That's your, your. What are you doing? You're knocking out the white. I'm rice. knocking out. Well, it's brown rice, but it's half the amount of brown rice. Uh-huh. So if because typically a one brown rice sushi roll is equal to one carb in my book. They're using about a half a cup of brown rice. Mm -hmm. People don't know that in one roll of sushi. So some people need two rolls to satisfy them for a meal. So in order for them not to double up, not to consume too many carbs, I half the amount of rice. You don't need so much rice. You know, you just need to be coated in rice. And this way you could have two rolls and it's only one carb. How did that start? How did the sushi roll start? Did someone <laughs> did you did, did someone call you and say, "By the way, your name is on a sushi roll"? Did they did it? Did oh, they? Oh no! I approached them. I said, "Could you make this for me for my you know my clients?" Oh, is that right? Yes. Oh, okay, so you said, "Listen, you guys are doing it wrong." I was. Let me know, tell I you started how to, do it to tell right. my clients, you know, go in there, start to tell them, don't get one with rice, get one without or whatever. And then I said, you know what? Let me just tell them. Let me train them and tell them exactly what to do and put my name on it. And you find that typically, like when it comes to carbs, if you just sort of on your own, just limit it, it's going to, it would be better, you know, and sort of, you know, what do you tell people to do with bagels? Like, do you, no do, bagels, no bagels, <laughs> bagels are out because bagels are packed, right? A regular size bagel is about 400 calories. It's grown in the last 20, 30 years. It's crazy. So what does that mean? Four hundred? That's just bad. It's it's bad, and it's all carbs. And it's all carbs. I'm loving this Most- conversation. <laughs> I'm killing this. this. is amazing. And for donuts, forget about it. You eat a donut. No, you got, you jump no off the donuts. Building, right? Yes. I mean that, no. Now what's? I heard that bagels are worse than donuts. Is that true? No, they're equally, equally as bad. Equally yeah. bad. Yeah. So, but it's not better to go to the bagel store than it is to go to Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' no. Donuts. If you're in Dunkin' Donuts, but unless they it's a have treat. now, they have like lower, I think, options, lower calorie options, and I don't go to in, Dunkin' Donuts. In bagels. Not in the bowl. They have they have whole wheat bag, mini bagels that would be one of the lowest options right. you could if get. If you're gonna dance with the devil, that's the best you're gonna do. Right. But other than that, a bagel, forget about it. Forget about it. Yeah, I'm, this is great. <laughs> uh, you're you're speaking my language. You know what I'm saying? So so you've got you take the carbs down. Let's talk about meats for a second. Can we do this? Let's, okay, we could do. I it. went vegan for two years, right? Except for on Sabbath, on Saturday, Shabbos. For those that are tuning in, it's the seventh day of the week. The set my Sabbath. Um, I would eat a little bit of meat. Right. So now I was told, and maybe I'm just that. The issue with meat is that they are pumping the chickens and the cows with antibiotics and they're eating corn and getting sick and it's just filled with, um, you know, stuff. Like my great grandparents, if they had meat, right. they ate a chicken. Right. If I'm eating meat, I'm eating some, you know, mass produced, somewhat half animal that's coming. Is that, do you tell, what, what are your general that's senses? That's true. About this? I mean, that's true, but we've poisoned. The entire environment. So your fruits and your vegetables also, you know, I try to buy organic here and there. Mm. That's another, you know, topic, but it's everything's with the pesticides and the hormones. 
So that's, that's A. But B, it's much higher in fat, you know, red meat. So you have to limit it. I, uh-huh. I advise people to try to keep it to not more than once a week, which you were doing, which on the Sabbath, which is great. Huh. So you anyways would tell people, cause yes. again, growing up, it's like, if you eat meat, it's healthy. Like if you get the kids to eat meat, then like right. they're healthy. But in truth, you don't really need it. More you don't than need it. No. So the, I eat healthy. You don't I need eat- it at all. I mean, you could live without it. The red meat. Can you, with meat in general. Yeah. So you can live without chicken, turkey, meat, and you're I'm fine. I'm fine all week. For the Sabbath, I need definitely chicken. I'm, I have no, I love fish. I'm a big advocate of fish. So that there's, it's super amazing. So what's great about fish? You got the all ome- the omega Omega threes, yeah, fatty acids, and there's so, the salmon is the king, and not all fish are created equal, but fish is, much, it's just a healthier, lighter, better fat for you than mm-hmm. chicken or meat. And it gives you a lot of the benefits of it in terms yeah. of, the proteins that you need right. and the now t- explain to me what is these omega threes that everybody talks about. I mean, like, I mean, I had someone saying to me, you should be taking omega three pills every day. Like, are you eating? If you're eating fish, you don't need to take no, it. I, I'm into fish. Okay, I brought that back. <laughs> I was vegan then. That what right. I brought back was fish. That was my uh, okay because I wasn't getting enough protein. I mean, how much? How many beans can some eat and like without killing themselves? So, right. So the, it helps fight there. I mean, it helps you on so many different levels mm-hmm. in terms of cancer. It's very helpful neurological development and it's, you know, well, it's great for you. You want it's, to be getting a lot of those. Yeah. What about, um, antioxidants? I hear a lot about this. How many you, uh, you got to have a lot of blueberries. And yes. How many, how, blueberries are a super how much food. do I need? Like how much does somebody need if they want to like, ha- you need to have one or two servings of fruits a day. Definitely. Which fruits are, are good fruits? Blueberries are amazing. An apple a day keeps the doctor away. Is that away. real it's or is good, that just no, the apple it's industry good. lobbyists? Good. Grapefruit is a, great, is a good fruit for you. I mean, the berries are phenomenal for you. All the fruits have, you know, the citrus, vitamin C, mm-hmm. orange, but they're all good. You know what's amazing? I find that I saw the stat that um, 52% here, I have it right here. In 2002, they did a study that 52% of people believed um, that doing their taxes was easier than figuring out how to eat healthy. Hmm. Why do you think that is? Why do you think people have no idea, like their way around what they should, what they shouldn't eat? Like, I'm I'm at a lo- I'm surprised to hear that because taxes are foreign to me. <laughs> um, I don't. Some people know. Some people come to me and they really do know what needs to be done. They just need to be held accountable. They need kind of like a policeman to help guide them. And some really don't know. I think it's just that in the homes they were raised that they just. We're ra- not raised in healthy homes and they have no clue. And what do you think they should do? What do you, what would you tell somebody? Of course, we're going to get to that. They should come to you. That's for sure. And Thank you. we should, um, for how do I get to you, by the way? Oh, my email, elizabeer at gmail.com. Okay. So right away for sure, you should be emailing elizabeer at gmail.com. <laughs> Let's assume that for whatever reason they can't, what can they do on their own to figure out, um, how to get more knowledgeable? about, you know, health and, 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 and what to eat, what not to eat. What would you recommend? First, to clean out their pantries and get try to get rid of as much processed food as possible. Try to shop in the produce section, fruits and vegetables. You want to eat real food, not the fake food, not the veggie burgers and the, you know, all of those products that if you can't recognize it, you should not be eating it. Okay. I love that. <laughs> you can't recognize it. You shouldn't be eating. Meaning if it says veggie burger, but it's like green and stuff like that, you're going, no, 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 no. It could be, you don't know what kind of carbs and fillers and what they're throwing into it. Sodium. They're usually high in sodium as well. 
Yeah, it's sodium. And oh, oh, I feel like everything is high in sodium, right? Yeah. Is that how they Even use bread. it? Pre- uh huh. And then you just clean out first and just really take an approach of slow growth. Do right. the best you can. Right. Don't, you know, eating healthy is not about losing weight. It's about being healthy. It's about making sure that what goes into your body is actually helping you. And if it takes a few more months or years to get, that's to, okay. to, get to the yeah. size you want to get yeah. to, that's not what it's about. That's not the right. driver of it. Right. It's the, it's the process. Um, you just want, you want your body to run as efficiently as possible. It doesn't run well eating the donuts and the bagels. It needs good protein and good, good carbs, good whole grains like the oatmeal, like the steel cut oats that you mentioned or, um, or brown rice or quinoa. Like these are all great grains for you. You don't have to eliminate them to be healthy. They're good grains for you. Right. And let me, what, what about, and I'm asking like all my questions here. Um, I, I find that. There is a lack of understanding as to when it's time to stop eating. There's different right. opinions on this. There are those people that say that your body doesn't process your full for 20 minutes after you eat. Right. So you have no idea if you're full. So eat and then figure. There are those that say, when I'm done eating, I'm full. I get up. And then there are those that say, I got to stop eating when I'm like physically sick. So right. we're going to, we're going to, we're going to go with, you know, you know, you door should three eat until you're satisfied. Not until you feel full. You know, there's a big difference between the two. What's the difference? The difference is you want to eat until you're not, you're no longer hungry, not until you have a feeling of fullness. Mm-hmm. If you have a feeling of fullness, then you've eaten too much. Hmm. You want to eat until you're not hungry, then you're done. But then you don't get that satisfaction. You still get, you're satisfied. You just ate. You're no longer hungry. Right, right. That's, by the way, <laughs> if people, if we did that, I think that would be the, the principle to live your life by. If you can realize that, this, I think this is what it comes down to. And I'd love to get your thoughts in terms of the psychology of your clients. I think what it comes down to is that, you said this earlier about the comfortness of food, is that food has become a way, uh, an, a, an area for us to indulge. Right. And so it's not really about my body. It's about my temptations. Mm-hmm. So if all I would be doing is eating until I, f- I feel the lack, that wouldn't give me my ability to indulge. I would have to go past the lack to get right. to a level where I was indulging. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I saw this thing. I don't want to say it because I'm sure it's some fundraiser or something, but I was driving recently and I saw like the ad for this fundraiser was like, eat as much meat as you can possibly right. eat. And I'm sure the organization that's doing it, God bless you, you're doing great things. Everything should be great. But like, I'm thinking to myself, like, nobody's coming to that going, hmm, I'm not hungry no longer. <laughs> it's like, what? I, that the, the point is food. Right. Because food has become an object of our temptations. And also not depriving. You know, people, it's hard to say, it's harder to say no. It's much easier to say yes. To, to yourself, to your kid, to anyone else. It's harder to say no, but that doesn't mean it's a bad thing that you're doing. Let's talk for a second about, have you, gone, have you ever been on a PaySock program? Yes. Okay. Most you, of my life. You haven't. Great. So, um, when PaySock programs, for those that are tuning in, are these Passover retreats that people go to for the entire Passover. Just And it's like a is it is it it's fair crazy. to say it's an all-you-can-eat buffet for eight, for eight straight days? It's an all-you-can-eat. I lose weight every Passover. I'm one of the few. How is it humanly possible? Because I don't really like matzah, so I only have it at the seders, and I don't eat potatoes, so I'm really not having carbs the whole time. Oh, is that right? So then what do you eat on these things? Salads the whole way through. Eggs, fish, chicken, salads. 
fruit. And, fruit. So you, so and you, some nuts. Nuts. That'll be my snack. And, and by the way, if you're – that's a lot of food, meaning you're not yeah. depriving yourself when you go to these things. No. You're just not waiting online for the fake French toast and the uh, and the you know. It's pretty good. Right, right, right. right, right which is <laughs> that's what they good. tell me. Right. I tasted the pizza. Yeah, it tastes, good. it tastes real. It tastes real. And and for those of you who do pay off programs, I love you. I want to be there with you. Um, I'm, it's all great. Uh, but the idea of these, and I, one of the things we I just talked to recently someone about was um, the idea of a concept when you get to the first day. And I think this is something that people grapple with on the food, which is when you get anywhere that first time, you're like, this is great. I can eat. By the last day, you're just droning it in. You know what I'm saying? It's right. like, it's been five minutes. I'm not, I'm still can eat. You know, how much chocolate can I put in? Just because it's there doesn't mean you have to eat it. But people have that concept. They're paying a price and they have unlimited. Right. You can eat six times a day. Right. They're right. barbecuing. The, they're roasting the lamb at midnight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's unbelievable. And I think the, and you said it is really great. The, the economic piece of this, right. I think is so important, which is if I'm paying a price, I got to get my money's worth. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to consider that when it goes in my body, I'm hurting myself and I'm going to pay the back end when I go to the hospital and I'm going to be taking that, you know, medication. Right. But today I'm getting my money's worth. Right. Exactly. Or the best growing up is that I got, don't waste food. Right. Right. Don't waste food. It's great because yes. if you can throw guilt on it now, you're now it's really Jewish. If you can get economics on one end, guilt on the other end, it's right. it's 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 the dynamic duo. So I made it. It's there. Don't waste it. Right. So instead of throwing it in the garbage, I'm going to eat it because right. eating it isn't wasting it, even if it's bad e- for you. Even if it's hurting yourself. Right. Unbelievable. But these are all things that are just sort of psychologically holding us back from what we really should be really doing. Yeah. But there's also a lack of knowledge. You know, a lot of people are surprisingly just not aware. Yeah. What do you think about juicing? You pro? So, you con? You're for? I'm not, I'm not pro. I'm not, I can't say con. Basically, this is my advice, is that when you juice, of course, you're going to lose weight. As soon as you start to eat, it comes right back on. If you have an event and you have to zip yourself into that dress, then juice for three days and you'll get yourself into that dress. Well, what do you lose it's, when you juice? It's, you're losing a lot of water, just like a first week on a, on a diet. You're losing, it's a lot of water weight. If you're not eating, you're just juicing. You're not, I mean, you're consuming very few calories, but it, you're not going to live that kind of life. You're going to eat. So once you eat, you gain back the weight. So most of the weight that you'll, you'll lose on a juice You'll gain back when you start to eat again. Yeah. And so what's the value of juicing? It's then? just the a temporary. Quick. It's like a Band-Aid. That's all it is. It's a quick fix. I've got people. I mean, I juiced once um, for three days. Um, I don't know if this is in my head. You'll How t- much did you lose? You'll tell me. I don't know. I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, I didn't feel like I lost a lot. I, I felt cleaner. Is that just okay. in my head? Yeah. I mean, you feel cleaner when you go for a colonoscopy too. Right, but so. that's a harder that's a harder you know aspect of feeling but, cleaner. You know, there are a lot of things. I mean, that's another. You know, you there are a lot of there's a lot of good bacteria in your gut and your GI system. You don't want to clean it all out. Mm-hmm. So you it's, know, it's I'm not pro it. You're not pro. No, you have a line here that I I, I want to talk about um, about one thing that I think. I'd love to get your thoughts on this because I'm also I have a I have a problem with this. I'm drinking coffee all day long. The concept of water. Mm. How important is water for your life? So important for your life. Someone today in my office just told me that her skin is so much better and her hair is 
it's you need it. You're ninety percent water. And I'm so sad when someone comes to me and they tell me, and this happens so often. I can't drink water. I can't drink water. It tastes terrible. I can't drink water. I have to put in crystal light. I have to make it has to make it sweet. This goes on every day. And that's that's what we need. That's like our our basics to to live is water. And, and it's you, sad that people have been raised not drinking water. Right. And you have here something that's really great, which I didn't think about, is that the impact that it has on your mind. I think that all of us know as kids that it's you you don't want to be um you know, dehydrated, dehydrated, dehydrated. It feels like a body thing, but you're saying, no, in fact, it's not only good for your body, it's good for your brain. Yeah. Why is that? I mean, everything runs better. Like you need water to live and, you know, and all that other, the other beverages, the diet sodas and the artificial sweeteners are so bad for you. Yeah. I really have, bad. I, so I'm looking at one of your articles and uh, we're going to put on, on the, for those that go to, go to our website at charliehari.com when we are going to, um, when we when we when we release the episode, we're going to link to a lot of these articles, so you'll get this, so you'll see where I'm going here. Um, you have an article that you wrote, I think you wrote this um, a while ago about the um, the artificial sweeteners. Yeah, and they're just one after the other is just you know one's leading to headaches, depressions, hunger, cancer. One's got you know bladder tumors and rats. One's got you know, chlorine in it. Who the hell? Who, who would have known that Splenda's got chlorine? You, you know, don't drink the pool water. I'm sure it's a lot less chlorine. And like, I got all these things are just one after the other, not great. I I think when people reach for the diet coke, they think they're being healthy. Right. Would you reach for the diet coke or the coke? Neither. If I have to do diet, it would be Fresca. But um, that's if I needed, you know, a little something. But I, but but neither one. Diet coke is poison. It's real poison. You know, you've they've done studies and it um, eliminate it. It eats up the enamel, your tooth enamel. If you pour it on the hood of your car, it'll eat the paint on your car, and that's what people are pouring into their bodies. And we just keep on doing it right. and doing it and doing it. That's unbelievable. Besides that, it it stimulates the receptors in your brain to crave sweet things. Uh huh. And one of the things that I saw you write was that. Um, it's actually to get you, – you need it sweeter than regular sugar, right? Well, we, I, you, you had written something where the, a sugar substitute is actually sweeter right. than regular sugar. concentrate, right. Yes. So you're actually conditioning yourself to need sweeter Correct. than if you would just be taking sugar. Mm-hmm. For your body, is it better in terms of your own – even your weight to have real sugar? I was reading somewhere that if you have fake sugar – it stimulates almost the same stuff right. to make you fat. Yes. Yeah, so, it can. I mean, if you consume enough of it, it can elicit the same kind of insulin. Res- it starts to mimic sugar in the body. So if you're drinking Diet Coke every day, it's having the same impact on you, so to speak, than if you drink Coke. Yes, yeah. So it, it's, it's... You a- want to eliminate it. That's what you really want to do. If yeah. you need, if you say, I need a caffeine, I need something to pick me up, then, you know, do a cup of coffee. But it's you, better than Diet Coke. What do you think about coffee? I think coffee's fine in moderation. How much is moderation? Because are you talking to a guy who has eight to 10 cups a day? I know. So I recommend like two. Two? <laughs> That's caffeine, right? But- and I only drink decaf. Wait, wait. So you, 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 when you, you say coffee, you meant you decaf could, you coffee? Could have, you could have two regular cups, Charlie. <laughs> so wait, wait. So you're saying that even if I have decaf, that it, I should keep it to two? You're drinking it black? Yeah. It's okay. only way you drink it. Okay. A little almond milk. Is almond milk real? Almond milk is great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Um, you're getting real. much less sugar than in, in real milk. Right. Um, you should try to cut back. You're drinking eight cups of regular? Yeah. Is it? But is it a problem or is it just like- Caffeine's a drug. 
Even you know. if, what if it's decaf? So, but you're not. You're drinking eight cups of. But, but decaf is is fine. I mean, there you know thing problems with decaf. There is some caffeine still left, but it's fine. But with just, uh, but, but, mo- in but moderation, moderation. coffee is good for you. What does coffee do for you that's good? Well, some people really need it to get themselves going and to start the day. Right. It gives you more energy. It does. But in a much more natural way than what would be sort of artificially brought in. Right. Amazing. I really think that a lot of the things that we are grappling with in all of us is this sense of of not knowing what to do, needing to be right away, and just know, sort of like the return to normalcy. And my, my sense in, is that, and from even just hearing what you're saying here is that there is, um, and I have one more question about chocolate for you. What, what do you think of chocolate? I love chocolate. Dark, bittersweet chocolate. Is that okay? P- can people have- That's okay. It, again, in small amounts. How small? Small. Small, like a, small. Not <laughs> a full bar. A Not a bar. Not a bar. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think that one of the things that I, is maybe what you see every day and some of the things that we should be really, really thinking about in terms of our ability to live a healthier lifestyle is the way we see food. And that's something I think that you, you brought up in the beginning of the show is we are seeing food as a means of comfort, of indulgence, of how do I enjoy myself, boredom. Right. That's the nighttime boredom. Bo- I, I People find- say they're hungry. I say you're not hungry. You're just bored. Right. I, even when it comes to like meetings, I find that like when you want to meet somebody, like what else you have to be eating in the meetings? Like right. how else can I meet somebody unless there is food available? Mm-hmm. So even like when I'll go to a meeting, like to be like, okay, let's go to this restaurant. So then the food becomes something else that you could be doing while mm-hmm. you're eating. So it has such a dominant presence on our everyday life. Right. And that's our default. Our default setting is we just eat and we don't even think about it. And like it becomes normal. You go to someone's house for a meal. You go to someone's house for Shabbos. And what you're getting is just so much unnecessary food. Right. None of it is 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 helpful or most of it is unhelpful. How do you see it changing? Do you see it changing? Do you see a movement? Do you see like organic coming back? Are you finding that? You know, very few uh, binds. I mean, it is expensive organic. So that's, you know, very few can really buy that. Um, I don't see it changing so much. I think there's still the meals, you know, are still too big. You know, people are, are writing about it and talking about it. And I don't see so much being implemented. Are people really changing their lives? I, the, the statistics are not showing that. You're still having, you know, childhood obesity is still climbing and, and heart disease and, and um, diabetes. I don't see that coming down, even though we're talking so much more about nutrition. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that, yeah, it's now it's obvious and there's new documentaries about it. And I personally think that, and I'd love to, I'd love to get your thoughts on this, is I personally think that what you're going to see in 10 years from now are the same level of scrutiny that you see today from the tobacco industry. I think you're going to have the fast food chains, the soda beverage chains. Right. In, I think they're going to be on Capitol Hill saying, yes, we knew that if we put in this much artificial stuff in it, the kids are going to get diabetes. But sorry, we didn't know. And I right. think you're going to get a much 
higher amount of but it's not happening yet because everyone's mm. consuming it. Just like, by the way, I think 30, 40 years ago, people, doctors were smoking on TV. Moms were smoking mm-hmm. with babies in their right. hips because who would have thought that if I, you know, smoke something, it's going to hurt me. And today it's like, who would have thought that if I eat something or drink something, it's going to hurt me in, in right. a different way. Um, wh- so what do we got to do to change? What, what, what has to happen for, what has to happen for somebody to be listening to this, for them to say, say, to say, to say, to say to themselves, you know what? Like this is risk. enough is enough. I don't need to eat to feel good about myself. And more importantly, if I want to be around for my kids when they're for my grandkids, right. or if I want my kids to not struggle with the stuff mm-hmm. maybe I'm struggling with, I get what has to happen in someone's mind to make that shift. They have to, they have to change their mindset. They have to. And when someone comes to me for weight loss, you, I tell them you can't view this as a diet. You have to view it as a way of life. Mm -hmm. And that's why, and they have to just make these changes and read up about it and listen to programs like this and, you know, read up on the internet and try to make changes, clean out the kitchen, not walk down those aisles, you know, try to eat cleaner, better, smaller portions, plate the kids' food. I think that's exactly right. Um, And I I think one of the things that is really important that I, that I hope people are getting from this is the idea of how you look at food, how you look at exercise, right? right? It's your ability to, you know, walk around, how you look at portions. I know you've got a whole, and we'll put this on the side, of course, you got a whole, you know, perfect portion sizes. And right. I don't think that there's such a thing as portions. I think that today you're going to go out and get a bag of chips. Dude, you'll get the biggest bag of chips because it's the cheapest right? and you'll eat the entire bag. Right. And it's not a question of, of, um, of depriving yourself. It's a question of sort of seeing your food um, and what it does for you. I saw a quote by um, an athlete who said that he looks at food the way he looks at medicine, mm-hmm. which I thought was brilliant. Like no one would ever give their kids triple or quadruple the dosage of medicine because mm-hmm. that would be insane. Right. Um, and if you look at your food that way, that it's your medicine, like what's the proper dosage that you need to eat to or, – and more importantly, give your children. Like it's one thing if you say, you know what, I'm going to go off the deep end. But like what about like your little kids who you're responsible for until they're adults right. to give them the right – um, but I think it's, you know, people like yourself that are out there helping people and that, and if, if we just sort of realize the importance of this, um, and what it does for your life, what do you think that, the, that it has on people's ability to perform in school? Do you see that your clients come to you and their kids with themselves are doing better in school and they're, they're yes. functioning at a higher yeah, level? They sleep better. When they, when they start to get off the sugar, they sleep better. They're less lethargic during the day. They function better. They do better in school. They do better at work. They tell me that I've had people who had, would come to me with terrible migraines, no more migraines. I've had people with sleep apnea that had to sleep with, you know, machines, nothing. It's, it's, you know, it changes your life for the better. You know, don't look at it as a deprivation. Oh, I can't have the cookie. I can't have. Look at what you're doing for yourself. You're doing so much good for yourself and your body. Yeah, yeah, and and that's that's an amazing. I think that that's really the, the you know, that's really the point. And I and I and I appreciate what you're doing for for people. And I know that people appreciate. It. I know that people are incredibly happy. And I think the point really is that. Um, once we start to change our relationship to food, mm-hmm. we start to change our relationship to our bodies, and when we realize that. You know, we've got one life to live. Um, why do it in a in an old beat up car if you can do right. it in a Porsche, right? Or whatever, sounds, or whatever car you like, good. Or, or an F sixteen, <laughs> or whatever it is, something that moves quicker and is not beat right. up. This is the Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari on the Blaze Radio Network.
The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something, and progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars.